Well, for the last, I don't know, what was it, 16? Tonight, 17? Last week was 16. 16 weeks, we've been studying the subject of prosperity proven. Prosperity proven. We believe it's God's will for us to prosper. Materially, financially, as well as physically and uh, spiritually. So we camped on that for some time. And if you haven't been able to be in the services or whatever reason, tapes are available. And you know, you got to feed your faith in these areas. You, even though your faith might have been strong for finances last year or five years ago, it's not going to stay strong unless you do two things. Feed your faith and use your faith. You got to feed it on the Word of God in that area. And then you got to exercise your faith. In praying about these things, I felt like we reached a good stopping place on our proven for prosperity, and the Lord has actually given me a new direction for the Friday nights, and so I want to get into it. So we'll begin a new series this evening. If you would go with me, please, to the eighth Psalm, Psalm 8, I'm excited about this. You know, the cook gets to taste the cooking before it's served, right? (laughs) And so I've been tasting this quite a bit, and I like it. You know, my grandmother is in heaven now, Sister Lena Pearl. Lena Pearl, you know, I got these good double names down south. Sister Lena Pearl Moore. She uh, was secretary and treasurer of the Pentecostal church there in our area for, I don't know how long it was, 40, 50 years, I forget what it was, and taught Sunday school, taught generations, you know, taught people and then taught their kids and then taught their grandkids. She's a good cook also, make everything by scratch. They didn't have microwaves, you know. (laughs) One of her specialties was ham stew. With uh, smokehouse ham and handmade dumplings. And of course you got to let it simmer about half a day or all day. (laughs) Big old pot, you know. And she'd taste it. I can see her yet. She'd go, "Mm mm-mm. She'd say, "Mm mm-mm, mm-mm. That is good if I did make it myself. (laughs) So I'm liking this myself already. Let's pray before we read this. Believe the Lord with me now. You, you understand, most of you have been doing this long enough to understand what kind of services we have. Not just all up to me, right? I have a part, but you have a part. Big part. Utterance is greatly affected and can be limited or expanded by the hearer. You know, there's been times I've gone to churches, and before I ever got there, I had something in my heart to minister. I mean, a a strong word. And I was there for days and never could get it out. You might say, why, Brother Keith, why didn't you just tell them? Well, you're not supposed to, unless it's right. I mean, didn't Jesus said, cast not your pearls before swine? Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Now, he's not just calling people names, pig and dog. What's the point? Pigs 
have no capacity to appreciate a pearl. They don't know the difference between a pearl and a, and a pebble. Right? So if you give a, you know, you come back crying and say, you know, I gave, I gave a $10,000 string of pearls to Arnold and he just stumped them in the mud. Well, then you're dumb. Right? Because you should have known that Arnold the pig couldn't appreciate. He didn't know what you gave him, didn't care. Right? Dogs can't discern between holy. Now, maybe you think your dog is saved. I don't know. But Jesus said they don't discern the holy. (laughs) What does that mean? You know, the Apostle Paul said at different times, he said, I would have gone into this and that, but you weren't able to hear it. But there have been other times I've been sitting at the table with ministers, different meetings and things like that, just talking. And man, I mean, things begin to come out of me. I didn't know revelation beyond what I knew and understood. Why? People reverence the word. They, they, they love the word and they treasure not what a man gives them, what God gives them. They treasure it. They value it. And they intend to do something with it. Be a doer of it. And you find people like that, they will get revelation other people will never hear. They'll see things and understand things. Why? Because they treasure it. I know back uh, not long after Phyllis and I married, we got a hold of some tapes. Actually, she got a hold of them through her work. Nobody I knew listened to tapes. We had never heard of anybody that listened to tapes back then. You know, and I began to listen to these tapes of Kenneth Copeland and uh, Jerry Savelle and Charles Capps and Kenneth Hagin, and I just became thrilled. I got so excited to find out that God wanted me healed, that I didn't have to be broke all my life, which I was broke. And begin to find out that I am some, I'm not just a worm, I am somebody in Christ. I got so thrilled, I got so excited. Every day after work, every day I'd come with our little tape player about this long, and I'd sit on the couch with my Bible, and I'd be there half the night. Every day. Got so thrilled. And uh, decades later, I was looking back and thinking about what the Lord had done for us, how far he had brought us. And thinking of what a difference the Word had made in our life. You can see where things begin to change for us. It's when we begin to get in the Word. What we begin to hear. Faith is the victor that overcomes the world. And how does faith come? By what you hear. What if you're hearing the wrong thing? What if you're hearing men's ideas? Unbelief. Tradition that's against the Word of God. Well then faith's not going to come. Faith comes by hearing the word. Faith leaves by hearing lies and deception. And if faith doesn't come, then you're not going to be overcoming. You're not going to have victory. And I begin to think. Some of the people that had heard the same things I did. The same time I did decades ago. But many of them didn't seem to advance. They seemed to kind of just be right where they were decades ago. And I thought, Lord, what's the deal? And he reminded me about how thrilled I got when I heard it. And in some of them, I gave some of these same tapes to him. I said, man, you got to hear this. Now, now, well, I don't have a tape player. Well, I'll loan you one or go get you one. But you got to hear this. And so I saw him a day or two later. said, did you listen to it? They said, yeah. I said, well, what about it? They said, oh, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking, 
No, no. Did you listen to the tape I gave you? What would you listen to? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard preaching before. I knew all them verses or I'd heard, you know. What happened? They did not esteem it. They did not respect it. They did not value it. Therefore, it didn't benefit them. Didn't Hebrews say that the gospel, the good news, has got to be mixed with faith? Elsewise, you'll derive no benefit from it. That's why you can take two people in the same service, hear the same thing. One person leave bored. The other person leave forever changed. Their life on a different path. Why? Well, didn't Jesus say, take heed how you hear? But with what measure you meet it, that's how it's going to be measured back to you. So when we open this book, everybody ought to be all ears and all eyes, spirit up at attention, going, Lord, I value your word. Your word's precious to me. It's life to me. And whatever you say, I'll hear it. I'll receive it. And by your grace, I'll do it. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. Father, we thank you for your precious, holy word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, what you've done in our life. How far you've brought us. How different our life is today than in times past. And it's all because of your wonderful, powerful, life-giving, changing word. We open our spirits to it tonight. We agree together for utterance, perfect and complete Ears to hear and eyes that see. Let revelation come so that we are lifted up to a higher place in awareness and knowledge and walking out the word and faith that you might be more pleased and that we might fulfill your perfect will for us to your glory always. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I can tell already we are on the right track. Can you tell? Thank you, Master. Read, please, I'll read, and you follow along with me silently, in Psalm 8. We'll introduce this and see how far we go with it tonight. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings have you ordained strength because of your enemies, that you might steal the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. Hebrews brings out a little while. And you've crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen. Beast of the field, fowl of the air, fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord, through the psalmist, 
is extolling God, praising and, and rejoicing in His great creation. How many understand that all this did not just happen? God created the heavens and the earth. Someone said, what God? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That God. None other. He spoke and it became. Right? Light. The dry land. The seas. All the animals. All the creation in the oceans. And he made man. And there are some that will try to, you know, and and you see the source of it. They're always endeavoring to belittle man. Don't you believe these writings of science so-called that human beings are insignificant advancements of monkeys or apes on an insignificant planet called Earth that's in an insignificant solar system? That our star is one of the smallest and our little planet. When you, you know, back up from earth and from the solar system, then what is man? Man is the creation of God. Did you hear me? And, and, and people exalting their intellect and yielding to this deception that we're, you know, when you Boil down all the elements of the body. It's worth only a few dollars in fertilizer. And how much different are we from any of the other animals? We're just an advancement of that. No, no. God created the heavens and the earth. And he made man. And he gave man dominion. Over all the works of his hand. There's no comparison between us and an ape. There's no comparison between us and and, and another animal. Somebody said, well, look at the similarities in the body. We're not a body. Our body is just the glove that our spirit is inside. There's similarities in all of God's creation. Plant and animal, earth and sky and water, we're built out of these materials. It's what's in the body. I said it's what's inside this house of clay that is made in the likeness and the image of God, the Father of spirits. We're not insignificant. This is not an insignificant, inconsequential planet. It didn't just happen to be exactly not too close to the sun or not too far from the sun. Exactly the right mass. Are you silly to believe all that kind of stuff? God created it. And then he made his man. And he gave man dominion. Everybody say dominion. 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 That's what I want to start on tonight. I want to talk about the dominion God has given us. I want to talk about the authority we have in Christ Jesus and in this earth and in this world and in the one to come. I want to talk about 
ruling in life. Hallelujah. Can you get into this with me? Can you believe with me on this? He said, when I consider the heavens, when I look up in the night sky and I see the moon and I see the stars, the work of your fingers and everything that you've ordained. And then I look down here and look at me and I go, what is man that you've made such a big deal out of him? You're so mindful of him. We're not as big as whales or elephants. We're so small beside a mountain. Look out over the Pacific Ocean and you try to swim in the currents and we feel so feeble. Feel like a speck of dust at the bottom of the Rocky Mountains. And yet it's obvious that you are so mindful of man. He didn't put us on this planet and give it a spin and go off and do something else. Without going through it in Isaiah, the Lord said through the prophet, he said, can a nursing mother forget her child, her infant? God says. And he went on to say, they may. It's unlikely, but it's possible. Very unlikely. How many new mothers have you seen? Get ready to leave the hospital and get dressed and get their stuff and get out and the husband load the car and they get them situated in and they get to the house and sit down and eat a meal and go, where's the baby? Did you get the baby? No. Did you? Oh, that's very unlikely. Right? But he went on to say, they could. He said, but I will never forget you. He said, you're engraved on my hand, engraved on my hands. You're always in front of me. You are the apple of my eye. I mean, there's so many things that indicate it. Do you know tonight how many the exact number of hairs on your head? Any person in this place, do you know? I see not one hand. Even if you've lost a lot of hair. I'm pretty sure you do not know the exact count tonight. There's somebody who does. Why? Why keep up with something like that? His eyes on us. He knows our every heartbeat, our every breath. He knows our thoughts are far off. He cares so much about us. We are the reason there is a planet. We are the reason there is a sun. We are the reason there is this solar system. I know some scientists call that foolish. It's the fact. It's the Bible. Did you hear us? You hear the word? What is man? He said, I'm looking at all this and I'm going, wow. And then I realized, if that's so amazing, what is man? That you've made such a big deal out of him that you're so mindful of him over all this other stuff. You've created him and you gave him. Are you looking in verse 6? You made him. Oh, get this now. You made him for what? To have dominion over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. I want you to read that out loud with me at least three times. Verse 6. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things 
under his feet. Say it again. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. One more time. Why did God make us? You made him. That's talking about us, man. You made man for what? To have dominion over the works of your hands. You put all things under who is his? Us? Could you say it like that? You made us. Are we human beings? Are we mankind? You made us. For what? To have dominion. Now, did it help you, friend, to just go around all night and all day and tomorrow and the next and the next week and the next saying, He made me to have dominion. He made me to rule and reign. He made me to have dominion. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, the devil does not want you to know this. Oh, he does not. He, the little demons around Branson are shaking in their boots right now. They, they're thinking, oh, not that. Don't teach that. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to camp on it until we believe it's a strong. Hallelujah. Until we're ruling and reigning like we were made. Of God, made by God to do. Thousands of years of deception and defeat and religiosity instead of faith-filled preaching and teaching has reduced millions and millions of Christians to groveling weaklings. Don't even believe they can have any kind of victory. In this life, everything's relegated to the future. By and by, one day, maybe. But here, here I wander like a beggar through the heat and the cold. If I could just get a little log cabin, Lord, in the corner of glory. Ain't nothing about log cabins in glory in the Bible. Lord, I'm so unworthy. I'm so unworthy, Lord, have Mercy on an unworthy worm like me. And you got a whole church full of people who go, Amen. Oh, he prayed a good prayer. He made us to grovel. He made us to beg. He made us to have dominion. I'm feeling better already. He made, I'm reading the Bible, am I not? Did the Bible say that God made man to have dominion? And he put all things under his feet. Our feet. My feet. I mean, that sounds like New Testament scripture too. Did you ever hear anything in the New Testament that talks like that? We'll get to that eventually. Say it one more time. He made me to have dominion. I was created. To rule and reign. reign. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's go over to Psalm 115. Oh, bless the Lord. For he is good. Psalm 115. Verse 12. Psalm 115, 12. The Lord has been mindful of us. Does he have us on his mind? 
Does he ever forget us? Then should we beg and plead, please don't forget me. Don't forget me, precious Jesus. Don't forget me. Don't for numerous scriptures said he will never leave us or forsake us. He will never forget us. Men forget him, but he does not forget us. He's been mindful of us. What's he been thinking about? What's the next phrase? What's he been thinking about concerning us? Good thoughts. To give us an expected end. He's been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord both small and great. That would be about everybody. The Lord shall increase you. More and more. You and your children. You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. How many believe the Lord made heaven and earth? Are you sure now? You're not wondering about this. He created the heavens and the earth. For what? Look at the very next verse. It said he created it. What does the very next verse say? The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth has he given to the children of men. This is ours. I said this is ours. This planet is ours. So it's God's brother. He said it was ours. It's ours. People get all messed up and mixed up on these things. They try to say what they think is religious, but then they don't live it at all. So, well, everything is the Lord's, brother, and everything I have is the Lord's. And millions don't tithe at all. (laughs) But everything I've got is the Lord's. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) Well, what about all your money? Is it his? Or is some of it yours? Is there a difference between the tithe and the rest of it? If it's all his, you better give it to him. (laughs) The reason I'm saying this is because there is so much religious junk that's not Bible. If it's his, you're not giving him anything. You're just returning to him what is his, which is what you're doing when you tithe. And if it's all, if 100% of it's his, then you don't have the ability to give him anything. Right? No. The Lord gives you stuff too. And then you can decide what you want to do with it. Now we're in covenant and you should, everything that he is has been made available to you. And you should readily acknowledge everything I have is from your hand. Right? And everything I have is available to you. Well, you have nothing to offer him if you have nothing. If none of it's yours, you can't offer him anything. But you got some stuff, right? These clothes you wore, they're not mine. The money in your pocket, it's not mine, right? It's yours. God's got lots of planets. 
Hasn't he? He gave us this one. (laughs) This one's ours. Right? This one's ours. Glory to God. We have a planet. Now go back with me, please. It's important to see that because you've got all kind of people that, that try to say something else. But go back to the beginning now, back to Genesis. It actually kind of irritates me a little bit. I stay out of other folks' business, I mean, if it crosses my mind. But you hear so many people talking about, well, everything I have is the Lord's. I don't own anything. Nothing is mine. It's all the Lord's. And so many times people, are they, they don't obey God at all in their giving. They're not willing to do anything except talk. Deception. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Have you heard this kind of stuff? I mean, it's a lot of junk like this, and they talk all this stuff, and it means nothing. The Lord has given us this whole planet. And every one of us, he gives us gifts, graces, opportunities, open doors, anointing, resources, and we are to be good stewards of it. It's in our hands. It's in our control. And he created us not to be under the thumb of the enemy. He created us to rule and to reign. He made us to have dominion. From the beginning, it was this way. Look in Genesis, please. The very first chapter. This is early, right? Genesis 1. (laughs) I don't have any other... Uh, Bible pages before this on mine. Do you? I mean, this is as far back as we can go. Genesis 1. All through this chapter, he created, he said, let there be light. And there was. and uh, Let the waters be gathered into one place. Let the dry land. And he goes through all, created the plant life, the animal life. And, and verse 26. He's made the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars and the dry land and the seas and the fish and the fowl and the animals and everything. And after all this, God said, Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. Is God an ape? Then nor am I. Is God a monkey? No. I'm made in the image of God. Mr. Darwin was confused. Right? Who's smarter? Mr. Darwin or God? Present day scientists and researchers are God. Do you know why so many of these missing links are missing? Why nobody can find them? (laughs) Yeah, because they ain't there. That's why you can't find them. They're not there. (laughs) It really ought to irritate us that these deceptions have been taught as facts in our schools and colleges. It is unproven. It is somebody's theory. Contrary to the word of God. Like one fellow said, he was talking with one of these guys at length. It was so, you know, such a an advocate of 
Darwinism and evolution. And he finally looked at the fellow. He said, the Christian said to the, the other guy, he said, it takes more faith to believe what you do than what I believe. You ain't got the proof. You ain't got the evidence. You're just having to believe it by faith. Well, if I'm going to believe something by faith, I'm going to believe the Bible, right? That's it. God said, let us make man, how? In our image, after our likeness. So don't be making fun of the form of man. You're making fun of God. And let them do what? Do you see that? First thing out of the box. Right? Let's make man and let them worship us. That's not what he said. Let's make man so mankind can serve us. That's not what he said. What did he say? Let's make man in our likeness and in our image and let them what? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. Authorized and blessed. And God said, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and what? Here it comes again. Subdue it. And what? Have dominion. He says it again. In case you didn't get it the first time. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Have dominion. The Amplified says, Verse 26, he said, let us make mankind in our our image after our own likeness. Let them have complete authority over, and he goes over the whole list. Let them have complete authority. What were we made to do? There's a reason why I keep going over this, because do you understand now that we've been programmed to believe something else? The whole church world has. We've been created and we've been ordained and appointed from the very beginning of creation to have dominion over this planet. God created the earth and he gave it to the children of men. Didn't he? He said the heavens are mine, the earth is yours. You have dominion over everything in this planet. Now here's evidence that it was just that way. The very next chapter. The second chapter, Genesis 2, God made man and he planted a garden for the man and he told him about all the trees. He told him about the river. Verse 12, he told him about the gold. Are you in verse 12? And he said, that gold is evil. Stay away from that. What? Now, you'd think that's what it read the way some people talk. Who made gold? Did God say the gold is good or bad? He said gold is good. Everybody say it out loud. Gold is good. Say it again. Gold is good. One more time. Gold is good. 
Right? Well, uh, what does money represent? It's supposed to represent silver and gold and precious metals, right? Instead of hauling the actual bulk of the gold around, you haul a piece of paper that's supposed to represent precious metal. That's how it started out anyway. And if it's that way, if gold is good, then the representation of it would be the same thing. Is money good or bad? And that's so you can lose momentum right there, can't you? (laughs) It's the love of it that's the problem. It's the covetous, not the gold. The gold is good. Having plenty of money is good. Being rich is good. Right? It's a shame. So many folk are confused about this. Let me go on a little bit further. New houses are good. New cars are good. Nice clothes are good. Nice jewelry is good. Fancy meals are good. Right? Expensive meals are all just fine and good. The fanciest toys money can buy are just fine and good. Right? It's all good. If you're willing and obedient, what did the Bible say? You shall eat the good, the good stuff of the land. He said, keep reading on down here, verse 19. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. How many understand that covers a lot of ground? Every animal that walked the ground and every fowl, every bird that flew in the air. Now how many is that? I mean that covers... Groundhogs and possums, coons and cows, giraffes and armadillos. Is that right? And eagles and buzzards and sparrows and robins and on and on and on and on. Right? Right. And so God made all this. What did he do? What did he do? He brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Why? Now see, a lot of folks just read past this and they don't even see what's going on. Did God give man dominion over the earth? Over everything that's in the earth? Then, who is to exercise Authority over all these animals and over all these birds and over all this stuff. Man. So the Lord tells his man, we have all these animals. I put you over them. What do you want to call them? Right? Right. You know, you would think this wouldn't be done in a half a day. Animal after animal after animal. And I don't know how they covered all the fish. This was before scuba gear. But it was also before the fall. So could have been some amazing stuff. He might have been able to breathe underwater. I don't know what he did. Or fly in the sky. He might have been able to buzz up to the mountain and say, yeah, eagle. But he named everything. What's he doing? He is exercising. His authority over all the creation. 
And the Lord, how many understand the Lord, from this, he did not say, well now, you're young, Adam. You just get started on this. So let me do this for you. You know, maybe later on, you can learn how to do this. There's no indication that Adam called it something and God said, no, 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 that's not good. Here, no, just sit down. I'm going to name the rest of these for you. No. Now, this is what people don't understand. If you give people responsibility, you must also give them authority. And if you give them authority, then you don't step back in. Did you hear me? They said, no, 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 you can't do this. Well, you should have known that before you gave it to them. Right? And if you believe they weren't capable of handling it, then you shouldn't have turned it over to them. But the Lord turned it over to his man. I think we haven't realized how much he really turned it over to him. Because when it says God, you know, he brought these animals, it said whatever Adam called them, that's what they were. His word was the final say in in the deal. Whose word? Adam's. Adam's. He really gave him the dominion. Over the earth. Not just in name and theory. In actuality. Now go to Romans please. The fifth chapter. And let's look at what happened. I tell you. Stop by Luke on the way. Stop by Luke 4. Luke chapter 4. Are you there? Jesus. Had just been baptized in the river. The Holy Spirit came on him. And verse 1 of chapter 4. Luke 4, one, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Returned from Jordan. And was led by, led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Forty days tempted of the devil. In those days he did eat nothing. And the devil tempted him you know to make the stones into bread. And he said it's written. Man will not live by bread alone. But by every word of God. Verse 5. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this power will I give you. Now let's just stop right here. This word power is the Greek word for authority. Is it translated that way in some of your modern translations? It can be a little confusing in the New Testament because sometimes the same word is translated power and authority when there's a different word in the Greek for power. Like the Bible says, you know, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. That's not this word for authority. That's the word for power. Dunamis. Miracle working power. But this is not that word. This is not the word for power. This is the word for what? Authority. And what is the devil telling Jesus? What did he say? He took him up and he showed him. This is supernatural and spiritual, but he was able to see all of the kingdoms of the world. And he saw their power, their glory, their riches, everything. And the devil said, all this authority, authority of what? Over all the kingdoms 
in the earth. All this authority I will give you. And the glory of them for that is delivered to me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. Wow. Is this true? You must have said, ah, no, no, the devil's a liar. He didn't have all this. That's God's. Well, then it was no temptation. And the Bible tells us it was a temptation. Jesus was tempted with this. Why would Jesus be tempted if the devil had none of this authority? No, he had it. The authority over all the kingdoms in the earth? This sounds like what God gave Adam. Right? Doesn't it? If the devil has it, then Adam doesn't have it. The man doesn't have it. When did this happen? Read it carefully now. He said, all the, the, the authority of all these kingdoms and the glory of them, I will give to you. Because it has been delivered to me. What does that mean? Another word is in the diction, Greek dictionary, yielded over. Transmitted, one author says. We'd probably use the word transferred. It was handed over. To me, he said. Did God hand the authority of the earth into the hands of the devil? Now, I see people shaking their heads, no, but do you understand that millions of Christians believe he did? They believe the devil is God's whipping boy? God uses the devil? So he's given the devil all this free reign in the earth to teach us stuff. Friend, if God and the devil are working together, we've had it. We're done, man. Right? Who you going to go to? You run to God and say, God, the devil's trying to kill me. And he said, yeah, I know. I told him to. Where do you go? Where do you go now? Who are you going to call? <laughs> Boy, all those minds just went. <laughs> I know, I said it on purpose, but think about it now. How ignorant it is. But now you, we're laughing about it, but do you understand How many ministers believe this? It is taught in seminaries in varying degrees. The Lord is using the devil and all the demons and all the curse. He uses cancer and he uses poverty and he uses tornadoes and he uses hurricanes and he uses earthquakes. Why? To teach us something. Well, if he is, let's hurry up and learn it. (laughs) Right? Let's. Let's hurry up and learn it so we can quit this stuff. No, no, 
No, the devil is God's enemy. He is not working with God. The religious leaders of Jesus' day tried to tell him that. They tried to tell other people that that that's how Jesus was getting people set free because he was working with Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus said, if Satan is casting out Satan... He's going to come to an end. His house is divided and it's going to fall. How many understand you got the camp of evil, darkness, and you got the camp of light. You got the devil and his cohorts. You got God and his holy angels. And they are not working together. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? No. The devil hates God. He's been cast out. He rebelled against God. He hates us. He wanted to rule and reign. If you go back and read in the writing of the prophets, it describes the anointed cherub that covered. He was not created a devil. God didn't make him a devil. He made himself into a devil. He was created an anointed cherub that covers, saw the glory of God, had a part in the beautiful things of God. But he got to thinking too highly of himself. And he said, I will exalt my throne. I will be like the Most High. I, see, he's going to usurp. He's going to overthrow. He's going to rule and reign. And the Lord said, you're going to be brought down to the sides of hell. I understand when the devil's word hits God's word. The devil is defeated. He's cast out. And he has a short time here on the earth. And soon and very soon. It's going to be a great big holy angel. With some big chains in his hand. He's going to grab that rascal by the nap of the neck. And he's going to chain him up. And he's going to open up the door to the pit. And he's going to throw him in there. And there's not a thing he can do about it. His time is short. Short, short. Then how is it that he's telling Jesus he's got all the authority and it was handed over to him and he can give it to whoever he wants to? How many understand that is not right? The devil having all the authority, what did the Lord say to him? Did he say, You liar, you don't? What did he say? He said, you get behind me. Why? He was tempted. We don't like to look at some of these things. But it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to yield to the temptation. Give in. He was tempted. Why? He is the king of kings. Right? That's what he does. And his destiny is for all the kingdoms of this world to become his. That's his destiny. And it pulled on him. Friend, the devil works the same way with all of us. He doesn't know everything, but he picks up on a few things. A lot of stuff he learns out of your own mouth. But something that you are destined to do, that you are called to do, he'll try to slip a substitute in on you. How many understand? It's not just becoming that way. It must come the right 
way. It must come right way from God at the right time. And when it's not right, no matter how bad your flesh wants it, you just say, no, no, get behind me. Get behind me. I worship the Lord. Him only do I worship. No, no. The devil said, it's all been handed over to me. I give it to whoever I want to. Now go to Romans now, please. Romans 5. Can you take a little more of this? What were we made for? Have dominion. He said it repeatedly. We've been made to have dominion. We've been made to rule and reign. Romans 5. Have you got your shouting clothes on? Hmm? Are you ready? Romans 5. How did this happen? This passage is going to tell us exactly when and how it happened that the devil wound up with all the authority. A lot of folk don't like to believe that. They say, well, you hear this all the time, don't you? God is in control. No matter what happens, you can hear, you know, earthquake killed scores of thousands of people. You can hear this war has ravaged this land. Well, we don't understand it, but God's in control. Now, you're trying to tell me that that's the will of God, that God's doing all that in the earth. What about the devil having authority in the kingdoms? I mean, that sure makes more sense. He's the one who's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? No. The devil... Is called in 2 Corinthians 4 4, he is called the God of this world. Right? 2 Corinthians 4 4. He's called the God of this world. It says the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine on them. So we had dominion, but somehow the devil got it. Right? How many know that's not the end of the story? (laughs) We're not going to leave you there. We had it. We must have lost it. We must have lost it to the devil. How did he get it? When did he get it? And it can't just be your theory or mine. Here it is in the word. Romans 5 verse 12. Romans 5 12. Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death did what? Reigned. And who had the power of death? Hebrews talks about, you know, that Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death, the devil. So when you say death is reigning, that's the same thing as saying the devil is reigning. We're going to prove this to you much further in the New Testament as we go. But when death is doing what? Did you hear the word? It's what? Reigning. Death is reigning from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned. After the similitude of Adam's transgression, who's a figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense. The offense is not like the free gift. 
If through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to many. Adam came. He had dominion. But he bowed his knee to the enemy. He delivered it over. He handed it over. But there was another man. I said, there's another man. Who can, do you see why he had to be a man? Another man. The man, Christ Jesus, came. Hallelujah. How many of First Corinthians talks about the first Adam and the last Adam? He said what happened with Adam is not like what happened with Jesus. Verse 16, not as it was by one that sinned is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses to justification. Oh, get this now, get this now. For if by one man's offense, who was that? Who was that? That was Adam. Now let's just stop right here before you finish reading. I don't think we've really fully realized what Adam did. The scripture tells us in the New Testament, the writings of Timothy, that Eve was deceived. Remember that? She was standing out there by the tree and, and Adam was with her. And she got to looking at the fruit and it looked wonderful. And he was there looking and the devil is there talking through the serpent. And the Bible said he's very subtle, very crafty, very deceptive. And he's saying, oh, there is no fruit like this. Why do you think God told you not to eat it? It is the knowledge and understanding of good and evil. If you get this, you will be like God yourself. They already were. I said they already were. But he's telling them, you'll be as God's yourself. The implication is, you won't need God anymore. You'll know what he knows. You'll see what he sees. Can you hear the undertones of rebellion under this? Same thing that happened to the devil. He's trying to breathe into them this rebellion of throwing off God's lordship. Being your own God. Running your own life. When all the time God intended, the psalmist said, you are God's. He intended that we rule and reign under him. Everybody say under him. Under, always, under Him. I'm happy to rule and reign. Under Him. Got no desire to be anything except under Him. I'm not capable of doing anything else. Nor is any other human, no matter what they think. Adam, the Bible said, was not deceived. What does that mean? He knew what he was doing. Adam and Eve both were brilliant. I mean, they're not grunting with a stick in their hand. You understand what I'm saying? Like people say, well, you know, I believe in evolution. No, we're talking about devolution. Man didn't evolve to the high place. He was created. In the likeness of God and has fallen, devolved to where a lot. No wonder some people believe it because a lot of people act like animals. Yeah, that's right. 
But we weren't created that way. Adam knew what he was doing. That's what made it so serious. Eve was deceived. She believed the lies. She believed, you know, that God just told them not to do it to keep them away from the tree. She believed they wouldn't really die. Adam knew what he was doing. And that's what made it so serious. He, of his own will, nobody made him. He bowed his knee to the devil. And yielded himself to him. And in effect transferred all his dominion and authority to the devil. Just handed it to him. Which is what the devil was after all the time. He could care less about you know, their personal suffering and all this. He's selfish. Do you understand? He wants to control. He wants to control it. He is chafing him. He's on the outside looking in. And man and the woman are walking with God in the cool of the day. And talking revelation and mysteries. And they enjoy peace. They have no sin. They have no death. They have no pain. Oh, it's eating him up inside. Because he used to be in the presence of God himself. And he has no control. He has no authority. He used to. But he's chewing him up. And he's crafty. He began to think, how can I get this? How can I get this? He's a thief. And he came to realize, if I can get him to obey me, if I can get him to sin, then I get his authority. And Adam was not deceived. Adam, in a very real sense, betrayed the Lord. He betrayed his creator. He betrayed his trust. That's why it's so serious. Now, none of us can throw rocks because we've all sinned, and that's what he did, right? Oh, but thank God that's not the end of the story, right? That's not the end of the story. He said for, verse 17, if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, and it did. Death was, if death is reigning, who's reigning? The devil's reigning. Much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. I believe it. I believe it. Is that you? Have you received the grace? Have you received the gift of righteousness? Then what are you supposed to be doing? Reigning in life. He didn't just say reigning in glory sometimes. Reigning in life. Reigning here and now. Reigning here and now. Jesus demonstrated it. Nobody had done what he did since Adam. Go to Luke. You got a couple more minutes, don't you? Go to Luke again, please. Luke chapter 4. Adam. Named the animals. He ruled like a king. Had dominion and authority over all the earth. And then he bowed his knee to another God. Believed the word of God's enemy. He delivered his precious authority over to him. And he began to die in his body. And he died in his spirit. And the devil began to work his will in the earth. 
And we see all the death and all the destruction and all the pain. Never was God's will. It's the devil working his will in the earth. And it said from Adam to Moses, even before the law and after that, death reigned. Nobody was free from it. Nobody walked in, I mean, there, there were, there were glimpses of things. There were miracles here and there, but everybody was lorded over by death. But in the fullness of time, the prophecy was fulfilled. And there was one born of a virgin. Hallelujah. And even though we just got through reading it there in Luke 4, he was tempted. He was sorely pressed and tempted. He did not give in. Right? He didn't do what Adam did. No matter how much he was pulled, no matter how much. See, Adam had, you know, this, I'll be a God myself. I'll have all this knowledge. Well, see, the devil is holding a similar thing up in front of Jesus. You rule over all the earth. You'll have all the kingdoms. Similar type thing. And he said, no. No. I'll never worship you. It's written, worship the Lord. You're God and Him only. Will you worship? Get out of here. Get behind me. Get out of my face. Later on says, he left him for a season. He didn't know what else to say, what else to do. Oh, but it wasn't the end. Are you there in Luke 4? Let me get there. When... He had, when the temptation was ended, Jesus came out, the Bible said in verse 14, what? Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Glory to God. And he went in and read out of the book of Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. Sounds like he's getting ready to what? Rain. Are you listening? Rain. Look what happens. He preached that in verse 32. Verse 32. They were astonished at his teaching. For his word was what? That's the word for authority. His word was with what? Authority. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of Israel. Jesus rebuked him and said, Shut up. Come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out and heard him not. And they were all amazed. And they spoke among themselves. They said, what a word is this? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. They hadn't seen this. Nobody had seen this. Are you with me? Somebody said, well, that's because that's Jesus, Brother Keith. He's the son of God. No, you're wrong. He is the Son of God, but He's not doing this as the Son of God. He's doing it as a man. Did you hear me? Oh, this is so vital. People get this all turned and twisted, and the devil wants you to have it twisted. They say, you know, He walked on the water. Why? Because He's God. He, you know, He cast out the devils. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. Why? Because He's God. Wrong, wrong, wrong. He is God, but he didn't do it 
as God. He did it as a man. If we had time, I could show you a dozen scriptures to that effect. What's the good news? He said, he that believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. If he did them as God, how can we believe that? If he rebuked these devils, if he ministered healing to people, if he did all these things as God, how can we believe we're going to do them? We're not, I'm not God. You're not God. But, but, if he did them as a man, anointed with the Holy Ghost, and if he would anoint us with the same Spirit, if he'd give us the same authority in his name, then we can do what he did. We can walk in dominion again. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, you shut up. And he did. You get out of here. And he did. And they were amazed. He said, look, what authority and power. And verse 38, he arose out of the synagogue and he entered into Simon's house. Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. They besought him for her. And he stood over her and he did what? Didn't say he even prayed for her. What did he do? Rebuked what? Peter's mother-in-law? No. Who? Is Jesus talking to a fever? What's he acting like? What's he acting like? He's acting like he has dominion. Over everything in the earth. Is that right? The story goes on. He walked on the water. Is water in the earth? Did man have dominion over everything in the earth? He spoke to Peter to go check. And a fish had money in his mouth. And popped up at the right time. Dominion over the fish. Dominion. I mean, doesn't sound like Genesis, doesn't it? Dominion over demons. Dominion over disease. Right? Dominion. Authority. But now, now get it? Close now and settle. If you say, well, yeah, but Brother Keith, he's Jesus. Then you're missing the whole thing. You're missing the whole thing. He did it as a man. Philippians said, one translation said, he emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty weight in glory and became like other men. That's why you don't see any miracles or any healings or anything before he was about age 30 and baptized in the river Jordan. And after the Holy Ghost came on him, now the Bible said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. You understand God does not need to be anointed. He's the anointer. But Jesus had to be anointed. Why? Because he's operating as a man. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good. How? Exercising authority. And healing everybody that was oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Why? He's walking in that dominion that God intended man to walk in all along. Over the elements. Over the wind. Over the waves. Over demons. Over disease. Oh, hallelujah. Is that available to us? Did Romans say we who've received the grace of life and the gift of righteousness. Now we can rule and reign in life by Christ, the anointed one, Jesus. 
We can say, no, you don't, tornado. No, you don't. Get out of here. Go away from my house. Millions of Christians would never say anything like that. Why? They don't believe this. They don't believe this. Mother, go in, look at the child, and feel the brow and go, no, you don't. No, you fever. Get out of my baby. Fever, leave my baby now in Jesus' name. Millions of Christians would never say such a thing. Why? They don't believe this. They don't believe that Jesus is our example. That we are to walk like he walked. Operate as he operated. The works he did, we're to do. Is that right? Is that Bible? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The revelation is rising. The light is dawning on the hearts of God's men and women. The truth is becoming known of our authority in Christ. And the days of us being not domineered over our ending. The days of dominion of the Christ man. The days of dominion of the man and woman of God are upon the earth. The days of miracles. The days of deliverance. The days of healing as the days of the Lord himself are upon the earth. Those who believe will rise up. They'll shake off the shackles of the devil's lies. Those who believe will rise up and they'll speak. They'll decree a thing and it shall be so unto them. God will be glorified. His mercy and goodness will be revealed. and Many will come to him when they see the goodness of the Lord manifest in the land of the living. Oh, the masses are laying in darkness in shackles and chains. They've been told they're nothing and they have nothing and they can do nothing. And so they lie there believing they're helpless victims when it is a lie. It is a lie. The evil one has been stripped. He has been defeated. He has been brought to naught. He has been placed under our feet and we have been delivered. And we have been given the name that is above every name. And every knee must bow. Yes, dominion was given to man. And yes, dominion was lost. But yes, dominion has been restored. Dominion has been restored to man through the man, Christ Jesus. And it belongs to us today. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.